the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Rescuers, the show about people who change and save lives. Now, here's your host, Art Brooks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Rescuers radio show. Heard every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360 and faithtalk1360.com. And please go to our website, uh, rescuersradioshow.org, where you can hear all the shows on podcast. We're at 176. We'll be at 77 and 78 after today. Um, and, and, you know, this is a listener-supported uh, radio show, so we would appreciate someone going to, when you're on our website, website and you're interested in doing that, you'll find a way to do that. I think it's a purple button or something like that. But uh, so thrilled to have this uh, guest, Melissa Steimer. CEO of Gabriel's Angels, a 23-year-old nonprofit known as Pets Helping Kids. Yes. Hi, Melissa. Hi. Welcome. I mean, glad to be here. <laughs> Welcome to you. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> Good. Hey, uh, before we get started on your great works with the um, the nonprofit, uh, let's begin by uh, acquainting you with our our audience. Yes. You know, uh, so... Give us some time, get you some time to share your backstory and how did you get to this point in your life? Absolutely. Um, so first of all, I would just say I have grown up in faith and service and um, I was born back in Philadelphia and our family moved us to Colorado. And from there, I chose, um, my dad had gone to Villanova University, and I wanted to have an experience like that. So I actually chose to go to Creighton University in Omaha, Nebraska, which actually has a presence here now in the Valley, um, and really learned through there about not only got my ed- a great education, but learned about service. And um, I got my degree in political science, international relations, (laughs) and then went on to get my master's and got my master's in public administration. But it was interesting because I had worked for the mayor's office in Omaha and thought government was the way that I wanted to go. Maybe one day politics were in my future. Um, And instead, I kind of got the bug at Creighton when I was calling parents and alumni and past students and basically asking them to continue to give and support the college. And so I got this kind of bug of fundraising, which led me into nonprofit, which has been my 25 now almost year career. Um, And I've had the um, just uh, excitement and opportunity to work for many missions. Uh, I really started with kids actually at risk living on a um, 
Christian faith campus in Council Bluffs, Iowa, actually. It was called Children's Square USA. And I had worked with some young children there that were pulled from their home, uh, really tough situations. Um, And then from there, I kind of took my career into animal welfare because I also had such a love for animals. They've always been an important part of my life. Uh, And then now as a mom of two kids, I have two teenagers that are 17 and 20, this job that I have now as the CEO of Gabriel's Angels has really come full circle to who I am as a person, what I've done in my career, and how I really want to um, help the community and really use our mission in a way that really can help children who are hurting. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. So, uh, and you've been in Phoenix for a while now. Yeah, I, 10 years now I've been yeah. in Phoenix, yep. So, um, CEO of Gabriel's Angels, and uh, thank you for the backstory, because uh, our audience always loves to to know who who's talking. Yep. And um, so uh, this great effort of Gabriel's Angels, uh, please walk us through uh, its its a development yep. from ownership to mission, and and let's go down that road. Absolutely. Well, I'll start with mission, and then I'll kind of go back to how it was founded, yeah. but. Um, Our mission is through the life-changing power of pet therapy, we enhance the social and emotional development of vulnerable children. And that's who we are and what we've been for 23 years. We had a founder all the way through 2020. So for the first 20 years, the reason Gabriel's Angels got its name is she had a puppy named Gabe. And um, she had already been volunteering at, at the time was called Crisis Nursery, now Child Crisis Arizona, and had been going down there volunteering with these young kids that uh, really were facing trauma. And she asked if she could bring her puppy. I needed to socialize my puppy. I want my puppy to, you know, have the experience to be around others. And what she found as she continued to bring her puppy down there is kids were responding, kids that were sitting in the corner, kids that weren't talking, uh, kids that were really nervous and shy were responding when the puppy was around. And so she had already left her her for-profit career, decided, I want to do this in a bigger way, and um, started this organization in 2000. So it's kind of a double uh, effort for you in training, right? Because someone has to train the dogs but to become therapy dogs, and yeah. then you work with the children. Right. And and how, how do those children come to you? Yeah. So first of all, I would say, yes, it's two-prong. Um, we don't actually train people with their dogs. It's all volunteer-driven, so we want the community to be a part of this, and that's how we deliver our services. Yeah. It is the community. They have a pet at home, and they know their pet is special, is good around kids, um, can be you know a very obedient dog. If they've gotten it trained some way, great, but they have to get it registered through a national registering agency because being a therapy dog is important work, and um, it's not just coming to say, I think my dog's great. (laughs) It really is important that their dog is ready for this and that um, they can do this. And then we turn around, as soon as they get that registration, we train and support them in the kinds of kids they're going to serve. So we have about 75-plus partners, um, not only here in uh, the Valley, but we also in Tucson uh, started our program down there in 2006. And so throughout 
uh, southern Arizona and central Arizona, we work with about 75 partners that include Title I schools mm. where kids are not getting the resources they need, and many of those kids sure. are in homes that have been challenged. Yeah. Um, and then we're also in those homeless shelters, uh, domestic violence shelters, after-school programs. Um, and we, I will tell you when you say, how do we find our partners they find us, and in fact, we have more on our list who want us to come in than we have the volunteers yeah. to serve those programs. It seems to me that as shy as uh, the kids might be of dogs, dogs yeah. uh, take, take some extra training to be used to kids, yes. too, right? And not every dog can do it. There are yeah. some dogs that just are never going to love kids. Yeah. Now, there are programs out there. We don't do it, but some dogs will um, appeal more to uh, someone that's older. So that's why you see where they may go into hospice facilities or senior living communities. Um, But for us, it's someone who you know that your dog has just grown up in your home and just a kid can crawl all over it, pull its ears, (laughs) pull its tails. And it's okay. Uh, Yes. By the way, I have five five dogs at home and not one of them uh, loves kids all the time, but most of them do. You have Charlie and Grace. Well, that's my kids. <laughs> yes, that's my kids. Yeah. And they love my kids. In fact, I'll tell you, I mean, the challenge with post-pandemic, but I even think pre-pandemic with kids right now and how much stress and anxiety yeah. they have. My, I personally experienced this with my kids. Yeah. And um, they both came to me at separate times. We had already had four dogs and said, we want a dog of our own. We want to train it. We want it to be ours because they're so attached to that yeah. feeling of safety and comfort of their dog. So, um, you know, I, how, how much time is it going to take for all of us to get past the, the pandemic? Because it, it left such a, a, a mark in so many areas of yep. just human behavior and, yep. and, and, and the long, long list, right? Yep. Uh, so I, I'm glad you make that point because uh, still, in some of those cases of adults versus children can be a result of that, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. And what we're seeing with our children, so one of our programs is called ABC, Animal Books and Children. So if you're a volunteer and you want to sit down and read with a child one-on-one, that's a program that we have. And what we found coming back um, and starting our programs again in 2021, that kids were not even reading at the, we focus on first, second, third grade, because we know that if you're not reading by the third grade, most likely your education is going to suffer. These kids that were first grade, second grade, weren't even reading at that level. Um, the, The kids didn't have that ability. And many of these kids in the schools were dealing with their families had to figure out how to work, how to, they're just not home. Yeah. The kids, you know, might have been, there might have been abuse in the situation. Um, there just wasn't the attention paid to those kids. Yeah. yeah. It's obvious to me that um, you have brought your professional background into this and it's really helped you, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I say this job was meant for <laughs> me and I never knew. I knew this organization 10 years ago when I landed in the Valley and always respected it and um, loved what they did, but I never thought I would be in the position now to lead. And especially after a founder for 20 years who 
uh, really made this, you know, magical organization and has the support of so many volunteers. So let's look at numbers. How, how many dogs, how many kids yep. are in and out of your place or, and, or, or do they stay for extended stays? So, that, so something to be clear about here is we partner with schools and other nonprofit agencies and we go to them. So we don't have, we don't do any in-service. We don't have a facility. We actually go to the programs and deliver the services with the volunteers. So we have what we call as a team is the handler, the person who owns the pet. Most often, I, when I say a pet, we can have cats, we can have mini horses, we can have rabbits, and we've had all of those. Wait a minute. Yes, you you can have a therapy rabbit. You can have a therapy. <laughs> there's about seven different species that you can really? have. As, yeah, as therapy I can't pets. even imagine a cat. Yeah, is that, not most cats are that. We have one right now in our program. It's getting older, unfortunately, and so her time may not be long, but we've had in our in the 23 years at least five cats. So- there are some people sitting out there maybe that they, their cat is amazing and is sitting on their lap and doesn't react. Um, we we would love to see you because we love to see cats. But it is a pet, but for the most part, it's dogs that come to us. And, and horses. And we haven't had a mini horse in a while, but we'd love to see one. Uh, but the uh, the so the handler and the pet is considered a team, and right now we have about a hundred of those between the valley and southern oh, wow. between central southern Arizona. Most are here. There's yeah. about eighty teams. We also so there are some people who have a pet that may not be cut out to do this work. We pair you up with a team so you could be a helping hand because when we go into a program like Child Crisis Nursery or Boys and Girls Club, they could be anywhere from 8, 12, 15 kids. And that handler can't, with their pet, handle all of the stuff going on in that classroom with 10, 15 kids or that program. Um, So having a helping hand volunteer would be great. So so you must have a a large uh, contingency of, of, of adult help let alone the animal help, right? Yeah, or, well... Or, I mean, animals. Yeah, so here, like I said, there are about 100 it's All volunteers, teams, right? All volunteers. And yeah. the other thing I want to mention, these services are free. We've never charged this wow. community to offer these services. Wow. So that's why we rely so much as a nonprofit on the yeah. community support. That's yeah. how we get our... Um, funding and to support. But our staff is very lean. I have seven staff. Um, One of them lives in Tucson. And that staff is there to train, to support, to advocate for, to provide greater awareness, um, to raise funds, to help keep those volunteers going. So seven professional staff help the 100 volunteers. Well, it seems to me that uh, you're helping children through power of pet therapy. Mm -hmm. Uh, is really the bottom line of of Gabriel's Angels, right? Yeah. So uh, I'm going to take just a moment and and tell our audience if if you are just now joining um, the Rescuers Radio Show program, my guest is Melissa Steimer, CEO of Gabriel's Angels Pets Helping Kids, and uh, just amazing stuff, you know. And, and that's what this radio show is all about. Yeah. Our, our mission statement is people that are changing and saving lives. That's all it is. That's what we say we are changing. And, we, you know, we say we're you changing lives, that. but I believe we're saving them. We just unfortunately don't get to see the benefit of these kids later in life. But I know that this makes a difference. Yeah. In fact, I'll just share our um, guiding philosophy is we believe the unconditional love of a pet can heal a child. Oh, nice. So Yeah. yeah. 
So um, uh, I, I want to let's go through the list of your programs because you have yep. a lot of programs yep. that you you have, including you already mentioned ABC. Uh, let's let's clarify that yep. and then go through some other programs. Yep. Yeah. So ABC, which is Animal Books and Children, is a program to support. You teach the animals to read? Yes. <laughs> the animals, actually, interesting in that program, the animals teach the kids to read because a lot of times, if you think about it, a child that is feel knows they can't read and really mm-hmm. shy about it, mm-hmm. embarrassed about it, they're not going to sit in a classroom or with a teacher and try to improve on that. They're going to continue to not feel good and yeah. confident. So this dog who has no judgment is sitting in front of them and they get to read to this dog. The stories we have of these kids, we spend about 12 to 14 weeks with them one-on-one, one-on-one. each week. Wow. Um, each kid gets about 20 minutes. We see three kids a week um, and we measure their um, confidence and motivation to read. And we've heard many stories about how these kids came initially to us and could barely, you know, get a sentence out, didn't feel comfortable reading, and through the course of those 12 to 14 weeks felt comfortable and went home and said, I want to continue reading. I want to pick up a book, which is something they might not have done otherwise. So that's one program we do. Um, The way we got started was this kind of group program programming. It's called Animal Assisted Activities. So again, it's using animals to assist kids to understand. And in our mission statement, I said social emotional development of kids. What that really means is that there are many core behaviors that kids need to understand and learn to focus on their education, to become a healthy adult. And those are things like empathy and tolerance and confidence, uh, self-regulation. So all of our activities help those kids understand how that um, works. And uh, the way we do it, the activities really relate to the dog so that they can feel this uh, understanding of, oh, the dog has feelings too. Or the cat. Or the cat has feelings, too. Um, So that program uh, works in groups of kids. We do it in schools. We do it in uh, other nonprofit agencies. Um, Those are our two most popular programs and the programs that we really spend a long time with the kids. And you have an intervention program. It, the individual intervention program yeah. is that where, yeah, we, so we do this not a lot, but we do it where if a kid one-on-one is really suffering and we've had many stories where, you know, kids are living in a behavioral health facility, they've had to be pulled out of their home and they've got to live there maybe for a few months. If we can come in and work alongside their therapist and their counselor we know and those partners know that that can make a difference to helping this kid heal. And so we'll do that one-on-one with the team and then the counselor and the um, psychiatrist. But we do it with partner programs. We don't go into homes. And if you need extra help, you know where to go to bring people in for that, I would assume. Yes. Yeah. yeah, Yes. They and we really rely on the partner to. So looking at statistics, uh, I I guess this is last year. Let's just call it last year. Uh, And. 1,919 children have been served this past year. Yep. And that is in our core programs at ABC, the Animal Assisted Activity. We do another program focused on kind of the older child, um, the individual intervention. That's 1,900 kids over the year in those programs. But there was another almost 7,000 kids served in programs that we call kind of community support visits. This came about. Big number. And this came about because we had teachers in schools, administrators, 
other programs saying there's been a tragedy in our school. The kids don't know how to handle it. Can you bring a couple of teams down and just have the dogs there for the day? Um, this happened most recently here in the Valley, a school, and it was on the news where a kid the last week of school had brought in a, a rifle. And as we all know, that unfortunately is a sign of the times today and it brought in the rifle. And um, luckily, the uh, administration and the school caught that. But the kids were really shook up. They had to do their whole emergency right. process. And so they called us and said, can you bring some dogs down and just oh, help wow. them? Um, feel less of a stress and anxiety, and it works. It, there, there's a lot of research out there that, and we all know, we probably have a pet sitting at home right now yeah. that they bring that stress and anxiety down for so many of Very us. good. Yeah. So uh, aside from the number of children, 165 volunteers. Yes. And that includes, so the 100 I had mentioned that are our team, so the handler and the pet. We've got about another 20 that are those helping hands, And then we have a board of directors. We have an advisory board. We have an event committee. Uh, We... those are probably the three main ones of volunteers. And then every once in a while, we have volunteers that help us with our events. Um, we may need, it doesn't happen a lot, but we may need a day where we have to pack up a bunch of supplies to be able to bring over to the school. Okay. So someone may come in and help us yeah. provide that. Yeah. yeah. And 100 pet therapy teams. Yes. So that's what I was referring that. to. That's the handler. Okay. So the owner. Um, of the pet dog, usually, uh, the one cat. It's <laughs> already gone yes. through training, right? <laughs> already trained, yeah. already certified. We tell them, although we want to help them, if they're trying to figure out how to get their dog certified, we'll support them through that process, but they go somewhere else to get that done. They have to be evaluated with their pet and go through a course of uh, a couple of different things, like does the dog sit um, and stay and you can walk away? Um, You know, is the dog not barking or reactive to people or other pets? Um, So again, you have to have your, if you think about it, these dogs are going into programs where hundreds of people could be, and you really need a dog that's not affected and pretty calm. And also that dog being so calm and not affected is exactly what helps these children. Right. So, so and you also work uh, or involve uh, 75 partner agencies and schools. Yes. So the partner agencies include schools, so right. 75 partner agencies and schools, and so that could be things like the Boys and Girls Club, uh, the, um, you know, Devereaux Behavioral Health Center. Uh, we go to all those kind of nonprofit partners. Many of them do some after-school programs, Homeward Bound. Yeah. It's a homeless, um, transitional homeless shelter. Uh, and then we go into these schools. Title I schools particularly okay. um, is where we spend our time. Yeah. Yeah. So let's say that you're deep into – Training or having the dogs mm-hmm. and and the at risk children, mm-hmm. whatever that is, whatever mm-hmm. that means, that's broad based, yeah. right? Yeah. So, uh, how long can it take? Some time, and 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 what's a result look like when they when they're going? They don't stay with you, right? Nope. You don't. You're not adding having housing and all of that. Nope. But when they go home, they come back to you and. 
Uh, is, is there a difference, a tellable difference? Yeah, absolutely, okay. there's a difference. We hear it both from the teachers, sometimes because we get access to the parents' feedback. We hear it from the parents, and then we hear it from the child themselves. Okay. And yes, most of these kids are in a program where they're going home at night, or if they're in a homeless shelter, they're staying there. But we leave, and we come back. Um, if it's our reading program, it's every week. If it's one of the group programs, we do every other week. So that also depends what a volunteer and the time they can commit may decide on what program they do because one's a little bit more yeah. consistent. But we stay, you know, with them for either some of the kids could be the same over the course of the year. Most are not. Most yeah. change. And you, you're engaged with the parents, too. Yeah, a little bit. So like the some AB- cases where maybe that's not possible. Right. Some yeah. some of the programs we work with, but like our ABC reading program, we have at the end of the 14 weeks a celebration ceremony where the child gets to write a note to the dog and they'll write <laughs> these amazing notes about nice. how much the dog helped. So that's where we see a lot of the stories and the feedback of the impact. Um, and then we turn around and give them a medal and a certificate. We invite their parents to come. And if the parents join us, and we've had many that enjoy join us um, and celebrate this child going through the program. And the parents have told us how much it has helped wow. these children. Yeah, they've seen a remarkable difference. There are some kids that we have been identified in the schools that can't even speak. For whatever yeah. they went through, they just cannot speak and remain pretty silent. Wow. And that has changed once the dog has entered into oh, the God. relationship. Yeah. So um, the changes that you see must be phenomenal. Yes. And for the parents and the children, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's our goal because we can't be with, we cannot be with these kids for as long. Um, it's our goal and our hope that lifelong these kids have there's something that's come out of it for them. And in fact, we've heard a couple of stories where someone went through the program maybe 10 years ago. We give trading cards. Uh, the Each team gets a trading card with their dog's picture, <laughs> the dog's name. And on the back, like yeah. a baseball trading card, it's their favorite <laughs> treat, their favorite trick. It's nice. a little bit about them. Yeah. Uh, kids get handed these. Kids hold on to them. That's sometimes one thing a kid will bring if they're moving from program to program. So it makes a difference. Well, I know in our in our audience, our vast worldwide audience here, um, someone is going to want to get in touch with yes. you. Uh, how do they do that? So GabrielsAngels.org, our website, is the easiest way to do it. You can also make a phone call here to 602-266-0875. Someone will answer the phone and help them in whatever questions they have. But we do need more volunteers, and we would love to have someone inquire and join us. And what's the website? Uh, GabrielsAngels.org. Melissa Strymer. Uh, and Gabriel's Angels, you are rescuers. Thank you. And thank you for being on the show today. God bless. Thank you. Rescuers, Thursdays at 5.30 Arizona time on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ AM. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.